Hi, I'm Leah Lane, an award-winning travel writer and author of Places I Remember, Tales, Truths, Delights from 100 Countries. On this podcast, we share conversations with travelers about fascinating destinations and memorable experiences around the world. Today's guest is Ahmed Talmi, former president of the Guide Association of Tangier. Welcome, Ahmed. Thank you. So we're going to be talking about gorgeous Morocco in North Africa. I think it's just one of those countries, and I've been around a lot, over 100 countries, but it's one of my very favorites. It's blessed with everything you can think of that makes a vacation special. It's got beautiful scenery and gorgeous cities and terrific food and lovely people and great shopping. So I want to hear more. You you know all about it. I found when when visiting there that there was a great feeling of tolerance for all religions and types of people. It was very evident to me. Let's talk about some of the beautiful cities of Morocco. The four imperial cities are Marrakesh, Fez, Rabat, and Meknes. Is that correct? Right. What would you like? Which one would you like to start with? What? Which one should we talk about first? My favorite is Marrakesh. Personally, I love Marrakesh because it's one of the largest man-made man-made oasis in this Atlantic Morocco. Its situation is at the at the, at the feet of the high Atlas Mountain, and sometimes you see all the high Atlas, like sometimes with twelve, thirteen thousand feet high, all covered with snow. And then you are in Marrakesh, and you have hundred thousand palm trees all in green, and that's that combination of colors just amazing. The Medina in Marrakesh, the marketplace is something else. <laughs> I remember when I when right. I went there at first, there was a snake charmer right next to a dentist, and I couldn't yeah. get over that. That's in the square. <laughs> yeah, open in that air. Square, right. You know, when you have restaurants and yeah, but that have changed a lot because today is more organized. Anyway, Marrakesh is the second imperial city of Morocco. It was a uh, founded in the 11th century by 1000, year 1008, 1009. But the first imperial cities in this country is Fez. Fez has different aspects, offers different things. It's an impressive city, mainly that old, the old the Medina, I mean the old city. And you know when you walk with those 3,000 donkeys and mules carrying everything? For me, that's impressive because... When you walk, you feel like you are walking in a middle-aged city, and it's not made up. It's no, real. I, I, I read, I read that it's the largest carless area. There are no cars, and it's the biggest space exactly. in the world for a major city. I, I know there were two magnificent schools within the That's within right. the Medina. Oh yeah, the Madrasa. But yeah. another thing, another thing is that the oldest university in the world is taking place in that old city. It's beautiful. Uh, you can get lost very easily, though. You better have a, a, a The a oldest university in the world is situated in that city of yeah. Fez, that old city. So tell me about Meknes. That's another ancient imperial city. Yes, it's, it's uh, not very, very ancient. The stables there yeah, are the horses of the yeah, sultan. All, all is from the 17th century. Ah, but you see those buildings were affected a bit by the famous earthquake of Lisbon of 1755 that destroyed oh, so all that royal palace. was established in the 17th century. Meknes was capital of Morocco from 1672 to 1727. 
And the stables that you see of the Sultan are from the 17th? The 16th, the end of the 1600s. 1600s, yeah. Right. I know it's close by to Volubilis. I don't know. Volubilis. Yes, the Roman ruins. That's ancient. That's right. Sorry, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's from the year 40 BC. And the one who is in love with mosaics has had to visit Volubilis because that's. Uh, contains the most beautiful more, uh, uh, Roman mosaics ever, and it start, even you can, when you go in there, you see even the chronology of the mosaic from black and white that started in the year fifty BC till one hundred and fifty AD when they start with polychromy with colors, and then till two thousand uh, two hundred eighty AD two hundred two eight zero AD that was the top time of the mosaic after 2280 AD I mean mosaics start declining one of the things I loved about being there was it the time I was there at least it wasn't that crowded it was still it's never crowded yeah it's a very special feeling when you walk among the ancient ruins and you have no one around that's that's right it's never it's almost you know sometimes you go by you see groups you know but it's not like crowded like Fez or like marrakesh and so even with groups it's not crowded you see one or two groups you know because they go in back and forth you know different destinations some are going to Fez, some are going to rabat some are going to meknes you know and that's what it's never crowded it's beautiful the only thing is the weather it's if it is (laughs) rainy yeah. If it is rainy, it won't be there. I mean, you, don't, you wouldn't enjoy that much. But from February till October, that's 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 my that's beautiful. Okay, so Rabat is the the another uh, ancient city, but that's that, the more modern cap. That's where the king lives. Is that correct? That's right. It's the fourth imperial cities of this country. Yes. You know, the last one. It has also. I mean, it's a, it's elegant, as you may have seen with the beautiful a uh, monument like that mausoleum of Muhammad V, the ruins of that mosque, the, the twin sister of Lajural the Tower of Spain, that is from the 12th century. The Kasbah that received a lot of Moorish, that is also, it has beautiful Kasbah, you know, that's also from the, the 12th century, you know, but that is the last to be, to become the capital of this of this country. Yes. I oh. just want to mention several areas in the, that are extraordinary. One is the desert, the Sahara. You can go that's and right. spend an overnight uh, or two in one of the beautiful cities in the middle uh, in the desert, and I will never forget my camel ride, my safari on, you know, with the sunset and and sunrise. Yeah, that and was it. Yeah, yeah, because then you have to cross the. I mean, departing from Fez, you can go either from Fez or from Marrakesh. If you go from Fez, that's an easy way because you have to cross the high Atlas Mountains, get to the pre-desert first, where you have cities like El Rashidia, you have like that rose city of roses, you have those beautiful gorges. Then you have the city of Warzazat. Then you keep you go down a bit, seventy kilometers south of El Rashidia to a little city called Erfud, but actually the more the more they they it was from air food when they we used to pick up land rovers to go to the desert to the sand yes. dunes it used to take us about an hour drive sometimes you you can depart at 4 a.m 
to see the sunset, the, uh, the sunrise, and sometimes you can go at 4 p.m., you know, yes. to see the sunset. It's beautiful. Shadows. Absolutely right. beautiful. I, I, the, right. colors, the colors of, of Morocco are beautiful. I want to just mention the, the city of Chefchaouen, Chefchaouen, oh. which I went to specially. I flew there myself from Paris once just to see it because it's called the Blue City or the Blue Pearl, and it actually is blue and it's as beautiful as you hoped it was well worth the trip and oh, i yeah. highly recommend it it's a, a mountain village town in the reef mountains near tangier near your home yeah and yeah. you can if you go to tangier you can drive there in a couple of hours it's magnificent that's right, that's right. two hours two and two hours 15 minutes you are oh. in showing is yeah. situated in the in the in the extreme west of the reef mountains and also the city a little higher up, but situated between two mountains that gives, when you're far away and you see Shawen, or it's, it's normally Chef Shawen, but actually we can call it with the nickname, we can call it Shawen, easy, you know. So when you see, when you're far away and you see that little city all in blue, uh, situated between two mountains, those two mountains, mountains looks like horns, you know, deer horns or, or cow horns. So when those people that came from the uh, Rift Mountains far away from the east, they were crossing all the mountains. And before getting in there, they saw those two mountains like in the shape of a horn. They started uh, saying to each other, uh, Chef, Shawen. Chef means look. Shawen means horns. Look at the horns. Oh, really? That the, that, that the, <laughs> I never the, heard that. <laughs> yeah, that, that the explanation, the word Chef Shawen. So it has also, it's beautiful. You see, it's pretty small with the beautiful blue. People are using that blue. They say it's against mosquitoes. Some others say that in the summertime, which warms up a bit, you know, it gives a little fresh air. It's cool color. With, I mean, made out of cobalt, mainly. That is like characteristic of that city because that city receives a lot of Arabs, a lot of Jewish that were expulsed from Spain at the time of like a reconquista, and a lot of them settled in there. But that city was built in the year 1471. Okay, so it would be like actually about 450 years old or something. And it was built on purpose higher up to protect that area from the Portuguese invasion. Well, right yeah. now it's 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 an invasion of of tourists because it's well, so so pretty. I mean, they they most welcome. You know, <laughs> I mean, they all most welcome. You know, you see sometimes, but everybody's welcome. Is most welcome. So the people from all these cultures, I, I think you see it very clearly in the architecture. One of the most beautiful aspects of Morocco is the magnificent variety of architecture. Can you tell me, well, first of all, about the the Casbah? That's the the center of okay. everything. <laughs> well, Casbah, you know, when people hear the word Casbah, everyone has a little, also a little different interpretation according to sometimes with Hollywood, you know, show it, you know, how it shows it. But normally, a Casbah is a word in Berber language that means a 40 by house. It's like castle, you know. You see the, those castles in France and United Kingdom and everything. But here we have castles, you know, in uh, in mud, you know, that have a square shape with four towers, tower in each angle. And the castle, so people need to, like you see, you don't see that like in Casablanca, Marrakesh, Fez, and so you see that mainly in the pre-desert. At the very beginning, there was no, I mean, there was mainly tribe life and people tried to fight against each other. 
And as a precaution, everyone or every family had to build the house that's housed in the shape of a little fortress with four towers to defend his own family, not the whole village. And it resulted the Casbah, you know, the Casbah, you know, became later on a uh, fortified house. But now, only 500. The one of Marrakesh is about 800 years. But the one of Tangier, Fez has no Casbah. You know, Casablanca has a little tiny one, just a little part. Rabat has a Casbah. So like the one of Tangier 500 years ago, it became an army fortification. But what about the places where you shop? Call it Medina. The Medina, you the got marketplace. Anywhere you go, anywhere, anywhere you go in Morocco, you got two cities. You got modern cities. You may have known when you went through the boulevard and all those big buildings and modern streets and so. And then you have the old city, a walled city. We call it Medina. But some of the cities have on top or in a higher place of the city, they build a fort to defend, to protect the city from any type of attack, from any type of invasion, or any attempt of an invasion, like the one of Tenji, you were next, you were in, uh, in Hotel Al-Mukhtar, Dar Al-Mukhtar, I remember. So, next to the Kasbah, you see how it overlooks all the Strait of Gibraltar to control all sailing, all kind of sailing, because in case if there was any attempt of an invasion, they could see the boat from far away, and they could get ready to defend their city from any type of invasion or any type of, and you may have noticed those old cannons on top of the walls, you know. But that Casp of Tangier was built on purpose against the Portuguese invasion. Let me just ask you, we stayed, uh, I've been to Morocco several times, and the, my favorite places to stay are Riyadh. Could you explain a Riyadh? Because I think many people, you know, they hear the word and they, they, they're not sure if they would enjoy it. I, I thought it was a, a spectacular experience. We have some amazing some stunning places or some stunning Riyadh. A Riyadh, in the very old days, was a residence of a high-ranking or high-society people, like those prime ministers or any governors or so. I mean, just people from high-ranking or rich people, wealthy people. You have them in the old cities mainly. So they had the Riyadh. It had to have an, a, a, an interior courtyard. See, because... You see, you may have noted that our, our our ancient, our regional buildings have no balconies overlooking the streets. But you see, when you go to the inside, you go to like the garden or to the courtyard, you see balconies overlooking the interior courtyard. So they were Very like beautiful. fancy. Yeah, they were like fancy homes, uh, homes for wealthy people. So with the time, with generations and generations, people started to buy those homes and convert them into riads, into like a bed and breakfast. But they called them riad as like a home of someone important, someone rich, you know, of the very old days. Yes, it's very wonderful. And you, you get to taste very often. Uh, they'll serve traditional foods. What are some, I mean, the, my favorites are tagines. Could you explain the tradition of tagine? Tajin is a is a stew that has a conical cover, and but normally a lot of people cook normally in their kitchen. But when they serve it, they serve it in that tajin. Except if you go to villages, if you go to real authentic places, where they they put the, all the like the sauce and the meat and potatoes and vegetables and everything on that stew, and they put it on charcoal. Uh-huh. But when it cooks, when it cooks, you know, it cooks slowly. So it when it when it's ready, it's more. 
how can I more taste? Yeah, I went now. to one restaurant where I had a bestia. Bestia, am I pronouncing that's, that right? Oh, that's, that's with that's is it with best, the yeah. pigeon and couscous and all kinds of delicious. That's right, pastilla or pigeon. That's one of the treats you know we have yeah. here, and it's originally from Cordoba, from Spain. When Andalusia were were Arab, that's where it was created. Pastilla. It comes like from pastilla, which means pastilla or pastilla in Spanish means a a, a pill like medication, you know, because it's ah. round. <laughs> it's a pretty it's pill. A it's a good pill. That's right. That's why you call it pastilla. But today, you know, they're more creative. They make pastillas with fish that's very, very, very delicious. You know, that's <laughs> one of the top, you know. And it's a treat. So not everybody makes pastilla every day home, you know. It's like they use it as a treat, like in, in weddings. And, and, and if it is any, any special day, any celebration day or something. So I know when people go to Morocco, they come back with the most beautiful things. I, I brought back a, a brass lamp and it, it sh- puts beautiful light on the ceiling and a rug. And what else? We have tile, leather. We have, we have ceramics. Okay, yes. Ceramics. There are three cities where the ceramics is the finest. You have the city called Safi, city called Saleh, right next to Rabat, the capital. And you have the city of Fez. These are the best cities where you can get one of the best ceramics, you know. And it depends on the color that they use. Like the Fez is considered as the bluest favorite. Very, very fine ceramics. Plus the embroidery, the say, horse saddles. They were the, the tannery. Wood. I remember in Fez there was a huge tannery where it oh. didn't smell very good, but it was yeah, extremely no. uh, the beautiful products. It's it's yeah, it's very hard work. When you work the uh, the leather, the thread, I mean the fleeces. When they just take the fleeces from animals, and so they put them in there through a process, then they have to take them off and take them outside to the open air and try them. But with that, they make like slippers. They make those. If you remember those those handbags, but it's not not names. No, no, not, not, not Louis Vuitton. No, <laughs> that's right. Just traditional ones, you but know. Pretty, that's nice, you know. Yeah, they're pretty. They, they, they good. It's be- yeah, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful stuff. Yeah, well, I, it's very diversified because a lot of people are still doing handworks, which is very, very important till today, and it's an heritage. It's an heritage from the very, very old days, and I think Morocco and then in North Africa is the only one that's top handworkers that we have. You may have seen like. They, 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 well, how would they do the uh, decoration, like the plaster or the stucco or the mosaics on buildings when they work those beautiful doors, you know, those cedar doors, doors, windows and everything. So that's an old heritage. And it's, um, I must say that it is a, a Jewish and Arab a, a work, handwork. It's an heritage from the Jewish that we have in here because... I mean, they're Moroccan and, and, and they, they were born here and, they, they, and they, they made a lot. You know, they helped a lot in developing the, uh, the handwork, hand labor. Let me ask you in terms of shopping, do you have any tips on bargaining? A lot of people don't know how to uh, do that in Morocco. Yeah, today it depends. It depends because, you know, with, with Internet, that's helped a lot and people know better. It, it not like in the old days, people today are a bit careful. They don't want to to have like any kind to avoid. They want to avoid problems or think with people. And normally the bargaining, I like personally, I'm talking about me personally as a guy. I would never, 
accept that from anybody. I would never take anyone anywhere because I know places how people deal. You know, they can they can get like twenty percent, twenty five percent, even thirty percent sometimes. But I don't like to play with that. I'd I'd like to ask you. There are well, let me ask you. I'm a title is places I remember. So, what would be a memory you have? You have so many of of, of Morocco. What's one thing you would like to remember? Okay, I've been working. I've been doing round trips to the country for 25 years, so I know the country perfectly. I had so many anecdotes and so many little stories and so. But the one that's marked me, marked me a lot, and I I still can never forget. Is one day I was with the couple that have a little young, little young boy, you know, nine years, nine, ten years old. He was a bit spoiled. And when and once all we, we were touring the outskirts and so, and then I told him, okay, do you want to see the camels? He said, yes, I would love to. So we stopped at the camels. It was by the month of April. In March, the female camels start giving birth. Okay, so we stopped in there. They, he rode and they were taking pictures and so on. He saw a little cute baby camel and he was starting to cry and he started to say, I want to take this camel with me, little baby camel, you know. Uh, it took me about three hours to convince him that camel cannot be taken into the plane. <laughs> it took me, <laughs> took me about three hours to get that little boy. He was crying. He said he's not moving from there. He want to take that that camel with him. Mainly take it, take it, take the camel with him to to baby camel with him to United States. <laughs> so how are you gonna convince him that you cannot take that in the plane? <laughs> took me about three hours, and I can. He was so cute at the end, you know, and he was convinced. But he was convinced, and he was looking at me. You know, all the rest of the tour, he was looking at me like, I'm not happy with you because you don't well, let me take that camel. <laughs> I guess that's, that's a shopping spree we, we won't have. <laughs> There's enough, <laughs> enough to shop, right? All right. You know what? The best thing to do is to give free time to people. Yeah. That's what I do normally because my tours are mainly uh, educational, you know, and historical. And, and at the end of the tour, I may ask them, whether well, you want to have some free time? Or you want to sit down for coffee or, have, or, or enjoy a minty, you know, when you let right. people walk by themselves, they're free, you know, it's better. Right. I just think, you know, I'll say it again. I think Morocco is one of the great destinations of the world. And I thank you so very much for sharing your information with us today. Well, you're very welcome. And you're most welcome anytime. Thank you. If you do have any questions about Morocco or of any episodes, you can contact me at places I remember leolane.com. Thank you. I will. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our award-winning podcast. We've recorded over 100 episodes of Places I Remember, so follow us on any podcast app. And new monthly episodes are also on YouTube with gorgeous video. My book, Places I Remember, is available in print and Kindle, and I read the audio version. Follow my travel writing at Forbes.com. Contact me at the links in the show notes or on my website, places I remember, and keep making your own travel memories. <laughs>